Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to what used to be Colorado Hunting Hub. And now we have changed our name. And uh, we'll explain a little bit more in a, in a minute. But our name is now the Western Hunting Hub Podcast. And I have Drea with us today. And she is co-host for this episode, but will be hosting many of her own. So, Drea, you were in an episode before, but now you're... You're on the team, and uh, the we, yeah, we've been chatting a lot in the last month or so, two months, and been talking about this, and finally, now we're kind of launching some of this, so some changes and whatnot, but for those of, of you who have not heard the episode that we did a while back with Dre on some elk hunting tactics and things, give us a little intro who you are, uh, introduce yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, for those of you guys who missed the past episode where I kind of gave a little history on myself, who I am, where I'm from, I'll, I'll do it again so you guys can kind of have an introduction of who is this girl joining Clint on this podcast. So I grew up in Washington State. I grew up in a hunting family. I grew up on 10 acres of land. So I've been a hunter and gatherer my entire life. Moved out to Colorado in 2012. And kind of jumped right into the seasonal work, as a lot of people do when they came here. And started working as a hunting guide a few years back. And realized that's my passion. I always knew it was my passion, but I realized that was my calling. And working in the hunting industry, meeting people, talking to people from all over the world. And actually ended up meeting Clint, sold him some antlers. And that's kind of how this connection all started which I'm super grateful for. I'm really excited to be a part of this team and talk to people from all over the place about hunting. Yeah. Cause there's, you never know how people get into the place that they got. Like you talk, mm-hmm. 
I'm not talking to Randy Newberg, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think he's got the, got the time of day. Maybe someday. But <laughs> how he got into the industry, how different folks get into the industry, I wouldn't say I'm really in the industry at this point. Maybe we are. I don't know. Uh, maybe we're just, maybe, yes, we are. We totally are. We are. We're just small Absolutely. players. We're small yes. players in the industry. Yes. Uh, but we both have a growth mindset and want to share and preserve this hunting heritage that we have so 100 percent um i am super pumped to to be working with you on this stuff because as an individual any individual you can only go so far and if you want to grow something it kind of takes a team so we've got a team now and we've got ideas and diverse perspectives so so kind of the reason why this is all happening is uh one you and i met and we started talking, and like we said, we have a growth mindset and want to reach more people. We've had some really good feedback from you guys, from Colorado listeners, and a majority of us, of you guys, are Colorado listeners, which is awesome. And I know you. There's a lot of you that like that. And guess what? I'm still going to be hunting in Colorado. Dre is going to be doing most of her hunting in Colorado, so it'll be pretty much related to Colorado most of the time, but we are going to open that up to many Western states. And I didn't tell anyone this yet on any of our episodes, but I moved. So uh, that's kind of a big deal. That was the other thing that sparked it. I am now working for the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks in Rapid City, South Dakota. And I still consider that a part of the western states it's not necessarily one of those colorado destination like states where you go for for elk hunting but it is a destination state for pheasants uh there's some unbelievable archery hunting out in the prairie in the black hills here which i did that episode on recently so there there is some very similar uh sorts of things and i was in some country that looked exactly like Colorado just the other day with harvest berries and rough terrain and rock outcroppings all over the place. So it's still going to be, I'm not going to cover just South Dakota related things. I'm going to be looking at Wyoming if they're doing something big or we'll follow along with what happens with the wolves in Colorado. We'll ha- follow along with uh, kind of what grabs our attention. And if it's Dre going on a something in new mexico i know you've mentioned new mexico a time or two to me uh Mm -hmm. or my dream hunt in the future is doing that archery over the counter in arizona i'm gonna do that someday here soon that's uh actually my plan for this january for my 30th birthday nice yeah nice yeah exactly i'll take any tips and tactics from any of you guys because i understand from what i've I've seen and read that it's very challenging, but I also hear there are a ton of mule deer. And so I'm going to go chase that with my bow with a couple of my friends. Well, it's January. highlight from a previous episode with uh, on the Nasty Packouts, my buddy Jason. He goes down there every year for the last two years he has. And so mm-hmm. he's he's had some success with finding. I don't think he's filled a tag, but he's had success with finding stuff, putting stocks on that sort of thing so connect you with him a little bit yeah that'd be great connecting up with jason yeah so uh like, hey, jason remember we competed together and trained to hunt <laughs> yeah oh yeah he 
I know him. He'd love to. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to listen to this, so uh, yeah. he'll he'd love to share. I know. I know he would. So yeah, we're going to be the Western Hunting Up podcast. We want to reach a a more a greater audience. We want to reach those in Wyoming and Utah and all those folks that are that are uh, also doing Western hunting that is very similar to Colorado. So that's a that's an important deal for us for for growth and. We're going to keep some of the similar related things. We want to make sure we're providing educational material that people can stay up to date on, they can learn from, uh, or we just share some hunting stories that are that are just fun to hear. And who knows? Yeah. Be educated through entertaining stories as well, you know? Absolutely. So that's new. It's all new. And we, uh, we did have an episode here that we wanted to, or a topic that we wanted to, to share with you all in this this uh, episode, um, just around some hunts that we've been doing, and then also some affordable hunts. So, Dre, you you were just on a, a duck hunt. We heard your puppy there barking in, in the background just a minute ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You got a cute little little pup there that is is uh, earning his stripes, I guess you could say, and, and figuring things out in the world. So, what did you go do last weekend? Yeah, so my good friends at Rocky Mountain Sportswomen. Elena and Jamie, the founder and co-founder, and myself, we joined up with these two girls, Erin and Annie. They actually live on the Front Range, and they are big waterfowl hunters. Um, Jamie, she's had a lot of exposure to it, but Elena and I, we really haven't had a lot of exposure to waterfowl hunting. So something new for us, Remy, she's only 10 months old. She hasn't had a lot of exposure to guns in general. And so this was her first duck hunt. It was really awesome to see her. Like she was so in tune. She knew exactly what was going on. She retrieved three of the seven birds. That was a really, really big proud moment for me. That was, it was great to see her, to see her working, especially at 10 months old, you know? And so I'm really excited. I've got her a little blind and I'm going to start working with her and hopefully we'll get a lot more birds in the future. Um, but the coolest thing about this duck hunt in particular is we met Aaron and um, Annie through social media, through Instagram. And so they were like-minded women that found Rocky Mountain Sports Women, um, which is an organization here in Steamboat that I'm an ambassador for. And they found them on social media and started tagging each other in posts. And then, of course, that led to conversation. And then it was like, hey, let's let's go on a duck hunt together. You want to come out? You want to do some calling? Kind of teach us your ways. As I said, Elena and I were pretty new at it ourselves. So we didn't have any decoys. We didn't have any calls. And so they came out and we had an amazing weekend hunting birds, hanging out. We had a big feast here at my house after our successful hunt. We cooked up some duck and um, really cool to go from complete strangers to now lifelong friends all because of two days of hunting together. I, I've kind of looked at some of the, the time that I spend in a day. Like I, I just got done with a Black Hills archery hunt with a buddy and I mean, we were there three days and that from like six in the morning till, well, it was Thanksgiving. So we got home by mm-hmm. like four or five. I mean, that's mm-hmm. some serious hours you're spending with one person. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of people yeah. that don't spend that many 
hours in a week with their spouse. <laughs> so <Right? laughs> you uh, you really get to know people and get comfortable mm-hmm. with them and or not, which or not you find out very quickly. You know, we are we're sitting in the blind and we're we're laughing and we're having a good time. You know, we're not super serious like a lot of people are. We're out there like having fun, getting to know each other and by the looks of it, like you would think that we uh, have all known each other for a long time, but we had only known each other for like 24 hours and it was pretty great. That's a future episode is finding hunting buddies. I, that's on my list for sure. Finding them or like how to be a good hunting buddy. Cause mm-hmm. right? I, I do so many <laughs> solo hunts. I, I wish I had a group that was like my group and I got my mm-hmm. hunting buddies, but I don't think I go in groups of more than a pair mm-hmm. actually anymore. Yeah. So it's, um, kind of a bummer it, it takes a, even someone like myself who's been hunting my whole life it's tough to find a group and, and a place that will welcome you in that will mm-hmm. yeah um and something else that i forgot to talk about is the the reason why we are doing some of this is you've got the female perspective the a totally different uh different eyes on and in ears on what what you go through in being a, a woman in the field. And so that that is kind of a rarity in any podcast. So that that's going to give us our niche in this field, I think, uh, to, to hear your perspective on things and to hear my perspective on things because, dang, I don't uh, – I was an awkward kid in middle school, high school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so – you know, um, I'm excited to learn from you as well as I'm sure our, our listeners are as well. Um, total side note. So I'm sitting here in the parking lot at work and uh, on my lunch break, and I swear dude just dry fired his bow on our archery range. Really? Yeah, I'm about oh. 80 yards away from it, and I just heard this big oh, no. old whack, and, the, and everybody's looking at him, checking out his bow. I think no he good. dry fired it. Bummer. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, another quick note by me uh, while we're kind of fresh on the topic. If there are any women listeners out there that are looking for um, support and knowledge and like-minded females, and if you are feeling a little bit lost, if you want to get into the hunting and fishing Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline lifestyle rocky mountain sportswomen here in steamboat springs is great and so um kind of an organization here to get women in the outdoors and to educate each other and you know create new friendships absolutely good plug i think that's mm-hmm. worth and, and any other groups sports groups out there that are listening make sure you reach out to us we'd love to uh cross network with you and mm-hmm. and uh share each other's missions visions and Heck, do an episode together. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was just on a little hunt. Uh, I, I did that episode on the prairie hunting in Colorado, or just about anywhere. There, there's quite a few prairie states. Um, and 
shot a nice little muley. Uh, hunt was probably not as long as I would have liked it to be. It was kind of one of those, I was only in Colorado for seven hours and had <laughs> wished that, uh, don't wish I didn't fill, but it was like, hmm, I maybe should have not pulled the trigger yet just so I could have a longer hunt because it's just, it, it's just done. <laughs> and I tell you what, the prairie holds some monster muleys. Monsters. I, you I said saw, that was in eastern Colorado? Yeah. Yes. There are some monsters over on the prairie. And I know it's a lot of private land, uh, but I was hunting all public, and I saw some toads that just are a little smarter or just didn't provide that opportunity, uh, but they were there. And I'm going back in the near future. Was that a draw? A draw unit? Or it was. Or was it an over-the-counter tag? It was. Um, there's. It took a few points to draw it. But I picked it up off the leftover list because I was quick. And somebody mm-hmm. dropped like three points on this thing. There's a couple of guys that dropped 19 and 20 points on this tag, uh, wow. which was one of those just a whoopsie kind of things. They wasted 19 to 20 points when they could have drawn it for three to seven, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. So I feel really bad, but not really because you do your research and mm-hmm. don't waste your points. <laughs> so Yeah, that's a prime example right there of... You know, if you want to do these certain hunts, there's kind of a lot of work that goes into it. You've got to be in tune to when to be aware when tags are becoming available. Yes. And things like that. Yeah. yeah. Leftover tags. Absolutely. Yeah. And and finding those those other opportunities instead of complaining and whining about, oh, CPW to change the system and I didn't get a tag. I haven't drawn in years. Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing something mm-hmm. wrong then. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're applying for the things that aren't creating opportunity for yourself, or you're just not doing your research and realizing what you're applying for. So by doing that research, you should have a general idea, in Colorado especially, because Mm -hmm. in our preference point setup, it's meant to be a, you get so many points, you should be drawn. Now there's 80% chance, 90% chance, and so on, uh, that, that it's kind of a good chance but not really so yeah this was one i just uh refreshed that page the leftover page every half hour and, and refresh 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 mm-hmm. saw it exactly it was super quick and awesome hunt and i'm doing it again because i have just about the right point number of points to do it again but now i'm a non-resident so that kind of bites <laughs> yeah welcome to uh $661 if you want to hunt elk in Colorado. I know. It was my last year of $55 tags, <laughs> and I realized that. So I'm still going to do it, just not every year. I've got mm-hmm. – there's so many deer in this area. You can hunt multiple buck – get multiple buck tags, East River, West River, Black Hills. I mean, you can probably stack up five buck tags if you – you really work the system right and a bunch of doe mm-hmm. tags. So there's lots of hunting opportunities on top of antelope and, and nearby states. Uh, not far from Nebraska, exactly. Colorado, or North Dakota, or Montana. It's, I'm right, right in there. So really, really beautiful area, too. I wasn't leaving the mountains. Um, the next topic that I wanted to talk about, uh, and it kind of sparked, was sparked, the idea was sparked through that recent hunt and that was just doing affordable hunts and i found a few ways because i'm kind of a cheapo i don't have it i'm 
don't have a ton of money. I'm an average dude with an average salary and got to make things work uh, along with my mortgage. So finding ways to decrease those prices in, in a hunt is kind of essential. And I kind of broke that down into some food, lodging, fuel, gear, tags, and how to, how to save some money in, in that. So, um, I'll share one then I'd like to hear, hear what you got for, for food ideas, Drea. Mm-hmm. So with my food, I try and not stop someplace on the way. I try and pack a sandwich. Sandwiches are cheap. You can get tired of them quick, but suck it up <laughs> and, <laughs> and eat your dang sandwiches. Mix it up with a PB and J every once in a while. Uh, I took a picture. I might have to post it. I don't know if I posted it or not, but one of my favorite hunting snacks of this year or lunches is tortilla peanut butter honey and bacon bits on it and i heard that on remy warren's podcast and it is it is my jam right now i (laughs) love it um so yeah that is a cheap cheap meal uh even coffee i don't even stop at gas stations because when i drove up to uh south dakota to do my interview i pulled over in cabela's parking lot because i needed to I don't know why I was there, but turned on my jet boil, made some coffee, <laughs> and mm-hmm. threw some uh, some hot water in a dehydrated meal, and I had that in the parking lot of Cabela's, just because it was left over and I had it. So exactly, that, I, I didn't stop and eat some greasy, nasty whatevers, mm-hmm. and I saved some money in the process. So another funny story is at that on that same trip, same interview. I didn't get a hotel for it. I went and found some public land, <laughs> and I camped, woke up, threw my shirt and tie on, interviewed, nailed it, got it, <laughs> I'm here. So there's a, uh, that kind of goes into the lodging portion of this is there's public land all over, and go find it, pitch a tent. Food stuff, what do you and do? if you have the ability to sleep, like for me, my the back of my truck's built up, and, you know, your truck doesn't have to be built up. Like, you could sleep in the back seat, or if you have a topper on the back, you can climb in the back. And what I've done several times is, you know, if I'm traveling through, I just find a truck stop and hop right in and sleep. Remy, <laughs> Remy and I, this past spring, we stayed at a lot of um, rest areas, and people would be seeing me playing with her, playing fetch, you know, out in the field by the rest area, and then we'd climb in the back of the truck at night and go to bed. It was free. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's free. No shame, no shame in that whatsoever. That's a not at all. That's the hundred. And I think lifestyle. that's becoming it's becoming a more acceptable thing these days as well. You know, it's a, a more normal thing to see somebody climb out of the back of their rig. Yeah. In the morning with their PJs on. <laughs> I struggle with that because I'm six seven, <laughs> and I got a six foot eight bed, mm-hmm. and normally my bed is loaded with stuff. And there's no way I'm sleeping in the cab. I've done that before, and it's like the worst night of sleep ever. I got a crew cab F-250, but I don't fit. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. fit. So I got to get out on the ground. Uh, Food-wise, though, what else do you do to just be a little cheaper or get by? Yeah, I like to eat, like, healthy food when I'm out there because I've realized over the years – you know, when I first moved out to Colorado and started hunting, I was like, ah, candy, candy, like bagels and cream cheese. And then, you know, middle of the day, I have no energy. And I'm like, why am I so tired? 
And it was because the food that I was putting inside me. So my go-to now is I like to dehydrate some, some fruit and I take that out and that's a great snack. And one of my favorite lunches as it always has been is peanut butter, banana sandwiches, super cheap. You can buy a loaf of bread, thing of peanut butter, a thing of bananas for, you know, under $10. And those, that's your lunch for the entire week. Oh yeah. I usually make my mm-hmm. own, uh, trail mixer or whatever and that's mm-hmm. a much better way to go the dehydrated f- fruit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. love that like i just ate yep. one of those little fruit leather whatevers from stretch island whatever <laughs> i don't know just yeah. a you can totally make those just puree and some fruit and throw it in a dehydrator and you got a fruit roll up that's got no artificial sugars in it or uh i'm i'm big on dehydrated peaches dehydrated apples and dehydrated bananas those are my my go-to much cheaper than buying them Mm -hmm. and then if you have you know wild game in your freezer make up some jerky for your trip instead of going to the store and buying a pack of jerky for ten dollars that's going to last you two days exactly you can eat your own wild game and it's insane the energy that wild game gives you the other night after we got done having our duck dinner i was like man i want to go hike a mountain i've got so much energy right now i feel like i can fly around <laughs> yeah i heard something I feel the, other... the same way when i'm in the mountains and i'm i'm having deer jerky or elk jerky it it's yeah. good clean organic meat and i'm not feeling like this sugar rush and then the sugar low and i'm, I'm really interested to uh test this out a little bit because i haven't guess i haven't paid too terrible much attention to it but we know that wild game is loaded with more nutritional value Mm -hmm. but trying to just test out to see if because i heard this somewhere with some podcast i don't know uh that you don't have to eat as much say it when i go to texas roadhouse give me the 16 ounce ribeye i don't know if i could eat a 16 ounce hunk of meat from my elk maybe i don't know maybe i could but but i've heard that that is just a little bit more filling due to it's it's not as dumbed down, you could say, I guess. It's not as hidden with or lost all that the, that flavor and the nutritional value along the way in the process. But by having something that is that is uh, loaded with that nutritional value, that, I guess it fills you up some more. So I'm interested to kind of test that out a little bit. Uh, the other thing yeah. that I do is make a grocery list and stick to it. Uh, mm-hmm. pretty easy for me to head over to the little Debbie's and throw in a couple extra boxes. And <laughs> <laughs> so sticking to a grocery list, uh, for sure is something that, that, uh, uh, has helped because I, I put together a while back and some of you can check it out. There's a gear list and I've posted it on every episode. I actually ref- referenced that gear list myself for every, every hunt just to make sure I got everything. And then, also, those little reminders that I find of a good good snack or a good meal, I throw it on that list. And, and so there's a reference there for, for those of you that want to check that out. It's been been helpful for myself. It was mostly geared around uh, bow hunting, archery hunting in the mountains. But uh, there's a couple things you can kick out or throw in if you're you're rifle hunting. So uh, uh, my go to uh, my go to snack this year for a backcountry hunt was my mom made me these phenomenal cookies and I'm going to make them every year now for hunting season. They've got oatmeal in them. They've got almonds. I think they've got pecans. I think she threw some 
chia seeds in there. And then of course you got to have like M&Ms or of some sort of sweet, sweet part. But I bought these little peanut butter packets and if I really needed some energy, I did a a backcountry hunt with my friend and we were packing in and we had the final push of the day. And those cookies, one of those cookies with a packet of peanut butter, I felt like I was invincible. I was like, all right, let's go. And (laughs) I've got a sweet tooth. So making up a batch of cookies at the beginning of the season, you're set to go. A couple cookies a day gives you a little little boost in your energy, and it's pretty cost efficient as well. Nice. I could I could enjoy some of those. <laughs> I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I could. Um, so, fuel. Any any tips in saving fuel? As far as uh, uh, the trip to, so then I'll share mine. Um, like I said is that try and hunt with another buddy but if not it's a lot of solo stuff so if you can just hunt with someone right there you split your fuel cost in half or if it's with a group of people trying to just hunt in a group so plan a hunt with a buddy to go to colorado or wyoming or wherever to to go have that western experience and or even try not to just meet somebody at your hunting spot if it's afternoon hunts because you do live in the mountains uh, then try not to meet pick someone up i mean that's a that's 30 bucks for an hour trip or something uh and, and fuel easily so it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this. Adidas. Couple hour trip, dropping 100 bucks, 100 bucks here and there throughout the season. That's going to add up quite a bit. So, definitely trying to split that up. Also, in my recent travels, I've noticed uh, differences in gas prices pretty significantly. So, using Gas Buddy, the app, just to find those cheaper gas stations along the way and then plan that out so if you're coming through fort morgan east of the front range in colorado there's one station there that's like 30 cents more than the next station wow and, and i so, didn't realize this gas buddy app was a thing yeah yeah so you can go find find some cheaper i think that's what it's called but go find the cheaper gas and plan your stops that's totally a way to save you 10 bucks along the way that's one meal or mm-hmm. uh if it is 10 bucks there's your 10 bucks if you wanted to go out to a local bar and support that economy uh, i know a buddy was just here in colorado or south dakota i don't even know what state i'm in um but just here in south dakota and and he likes to go to the little local bars and have a burger and some beer and and support their local economies because those little little towns kind of rely mm-hmm. on it so if you can afford it I and mean, throw in one night to go to town and get a burger it lifts your spirits tastes good supports the local economy so i think that's a a good thing to do um next on my list is is the gear and i've said this before in previous gear episodes that i am subject to the advertisement <laughs> i am uh a victim in that way <laughs> i i like first light gear i like my hoyt bow 
I really mm-hmm. like good gear and it's it's super expensive. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed that has cut down on my gear needs significantly is I'm still using the same Remington 700 30-06 that I had from when I was a kid. I've thrown on new scopes, thrown on a new trigger, and it's a killer. It's a, it is an absolute killer. So that's, that's been one thing is do we really need 10 guns in the gun safe? I love guns, and I love having mm-hmm. multiple around, but I don't need a new gun every year necessarily. Uh, and I know there's a lot of people that would disagree with me there. But if you got the money, do it, <laughs> by all means. Uh, I just don't have the money to buy a new good rifle every year. So what's your take on on uh, gear purchasing and cost of that? Absolutely. So it's kind of kind of a funny story. Growing up, I had mentioned that I grew up in a hunting family, come from a big family. And so what mom would do is she would sew us pants and jackets and shirts. And of course they were all universal sizes. And <laughs> there's some pretty funny photos of me with, you know, pants that are cranked all the way up to my chest because I'm so short and she's not going to make a size for everyone. Yeah. And so growing up was, it was always just like big and baggy and sweaty and smelly. And over the years, as I started hunting more, became a guide and I was in the field three months continuously all the way archery season through rifle um as a guide you do get discounted gear and so for me that's kind of when i realized good gear is very important and it lasts a long time unfortunately for a lot of you guys who aren't guides you're not going to get those discounts um but what i recommend to my friends and to my clients is throughout the year just buy a shirt here maybe buy a pair of pants there so you're not spending a thousand dollars one time you know there are people who do giveaways like we'll be doing soon Darn right. you know keep your eye out for those giveaways a pair of binoculars um supplements or you know gear here and there that's gonna be up i see giveaways all the time so that's another thing as well is just to keep your eyes open on that buy your gear throughout the year so you're not having to buy a thousand dollars worth of gear right before season good gear goes a long way and it really improves your hunting you can go further you can sit through a snowstorm and be comfortable you can sit through a rainstorm and be comfortable i have yet to find like a really good pair of boots so that's kind of my next gear purchase that i'm looking into Um, but good gear goes a long way and it's not always going to be super affordable but it's going to last you a long time my Sitka gear that I have, I've been wearing for like three or four years now versus if I go to Walmart and buy the cotton shirt, it's not going to quite last me as long. So you, you need to check out the Hanwags, or I believe that's how you pronounce them. It's, it's uh, like Eastern European. So it doesn't sound quite right. I have the Alversons, Alverstones, something like that. Are you talking for boots? Yeah. Okay. They're killer. <laughs> they are really nice, and and I won them at, a, at an archery competition a while back, and or not just a couple of years ago, and they are they're a solid pair of boot. I am very pleased with them. So, uh, anyone know anyone from Hanwag? Let me know. Yeah. I want to reach out and talk to them. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> they're are they're, those waterproof? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a really sturdy sole, great for mountain hunting. Uh, I haven't worn them much this year because it 
is not too much for rocks. I need something a little softer sole for quiet stalking through leaves and pine needles and things. But mm-hmm. for for walking on rocks and uh, like I got some Cabela's silent stalker or whatever's that are my cheapo boots. Uh, walking up some some rocks, I was slipping all over the place. Like, oh my gosh, my regular Alversons have uh, some serious grip to them, and I mm-hmm. I prefer those. Little, yeah, just a little different boot that that uh, not many people know about. I saw born and raised guys are really pushing them, so they might be working with them a little bit. Uh, but it's solid boot, solid boot. And and that's but some some one, rainy country that they're hunting in too. It's, it's yeah. very wet over there. So yeah, if their feet stay dry after a day's hunt, I think my feet here in Colorado will stay dry. Yeah. And one thing to keep in mind though with gear is that if you're if it keeps you from doing it then buy the cheaper. I know it's maybe not the $50 good ammo, but if that's a make it or break it kind of thing that keeps you in, out of the field, then I'd advocate for the cheaper something or what, mm-hmm. or what other, you got to mm-hmm. get in the field. So, um, a, uh, round that I have been obsessed with lately for my 30 odd six is Barnes. I have been dropping stuff in its tracks with that. And I don't know if it's my 30 out six or those rounds, but they mushroom like so perfectly and they're not the most expensive bullet and they're not the cheapest. So I think they're pretty middle of the road, solid, solid round. I really, really like them. Yeah. I would like to give a shout out actually to camo fire. That's a website that you can go online and they have like a deal of the day. Some days it's all Sitka gear and it's 50% off. Some days it's all archery stuff. Some days it's mossy oak. Another day it might be all optics. Um, but every day it's a different deal. And it's one of those things where if you don't want to spend as much money, you've got to be on top of it. You've got to be checking out the website consistently if there's a certain piece of gear that you're looking for. Um, but my buddy, he led me on to Camo Fire and I've actually gotten some equipment for my bow off of there like for 50% off and it's good quality equipment. So yeah, there are resources out there and a lot of it is just being in tune and paying attention and looking around. And once you find it being persistent and not to mention used, used gear also mm-hmm. is pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, you can go buy a used gun or mm-hmm. used, uh, used tent, used tents are one of those really good, good things to buy used instead of spending mm-hmm. 400 bucks for, a new big Agnes. I mean, I've seen some of those for half price easily on mm-hmm. Facebook Marketplace or something like that. Especially in Colorado, you got so many people that everyone owns a tent. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like Minnesotans mm-hmm. and their boats. Everybody has yeah. a boat, in Minnesota. <laughs> Everybody's got a tent in Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, and then steep and cheap is another one. Oh as yeah, well. yeah yeah. Steep and cheap is good. I've gotten a actually my tent and my sleeping bag is off of steep and cheap. They've got Big Agnes, they've got Marmot, they've got North Face, everything. And they kind of do the same thing where it's a deal of the day and it's all good gear that's all the way up to 80% off. So, but that's another thing is they're not, it's not a guarantee. You got to go on there. You got to be persistent. But I have found Camo Fire and Steep and Cheap have been two of the websites where I've been able to get really good gear discounted. Yeah. And the last topic I had around that and saving some money is around your tags. Now, obviously, you can't get a discount on your tag alone, but 
maybe you don't add on a, another tag. Um, mm-hmm. I know that takes away opportunity, but if you're looking for an affordable hunt, don't buy an extra two tags that go along with it. I personally have found that I really like to just buy one tag and focus on that animal. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like uh, my my buddy and old neighbor, he uh, always seems to see the wrong animal at the wrong time with the wrong tag. So <laughs> I know that happened to him this year with a big six-point bull when he just stared mm-hmm. at it. So uh, sorry, Danny. Uh, you, uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. So, and I know that's that's the case. But it, again, if it's a matter of you going or not going, just buy the one tag. Because I'm now on that mm-hmm. boat of spending the six hundred bucks on a tag, and I may not add on the or go apply for a deer tag in that same unit. I will not do that. Mm-hmm. I, the bear tag there for a hundred bucks, I may not even do that. I don't know because I'm not going on a bear hunt. I'm going to look for an elk. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so just a way what to. What if you stumble upon a bear while you're elk? I know, I know. <laughs> happens all the time. I know it does. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. is that gonna break, make it or break it for me? But yeah. if it's a uh, if I sell enough antlers, then heck yeah, throw it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then that's another point right there, though. Like if people want to get out and they want to shed hunt, you find some sheds and you know you find a good bundle of them. You can sell them off. You can make a couple hundred bucks. Use that money towards your gear. Absolutely. Or any Use side it towards gig. towards a tag. Mm-hmm. Any, any side, side gig. gig. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the reason why I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, little trick I found out is to spread those expenses out, just like you said with gear. Uh, apply, and then it runs your card in, what is it, June or whatever. And, and then don't wait to right before your hunt to pick up your archery tag if it's an over-the-counter. Try and spread those out. And I know it's the same amount, but spread out is a little bit easier to do uh, over time than, than all at once. Um, another thought is trying to find some, some hunts that are within a le- reasonable drive. And that's literally the reason why I picked out that that uh, deer tag this year. Because it's four hours south of where I am in Rapid City, South Dakota here. And mm-hmm. it was four hours. I did this quick, easy trip, and I got my hunt in. And I did it for pretty darn affordable. So trying to find some of those things that are close by, nearby, um, that that I really enjoy doing that just because then you also learn an area. And you can go back to it more frequently. Uh, another thought I had was just to compare out-of-state tags. By looking at all the different states, you can find mm-hmm. some pretty affordable options and where the over-the-counters are, where the... Uh, where the those unique opportunities like a bear hunt in Colorado for a hundred bucks. If that's a if you're wanting a bear, Colorado's loaded with bears. I know you can't yeah, do it. Yeah, we've got the, so many. Yeah, I know you can't do it in the spring, but it's a great hunt, great opportunity. I've seen mm-hmm. tons of really nice bears, so that's where I'd be going. So yeah, that's just a couple little little ways of uh, saving some money uh, and uh, getting some hunts done. This year, I think, has been a pretty awesome year for, for both of us. We've both been blessed in filling some tags, and uh, uh, it, it's been a great, great hunt so far, and, or great season so far. Um, and that just came down to, I think, both of us doing our homework, getting good tags, mm-hmm. and and working at it. So uh, I am excited about what we got going on and excited about hearing from you all. 
just to hear what what you like, what you don't like, what uh, what you want to hear. Appreciate you all for listening, and if you wouldn't mind, like, subscribe on whatever you listen to. All right, Drea. Till next time. Thanks for Sounds for uh, chatting with me on this, and we'll do it again. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.